Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 132nd episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We are powered by 8bit.net and Audio Technica. I'm your not-so-humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan8bit. And joining me today, my two partners in crime, coming back for the second last time of 2018, Miss Ali Hart, who can be found at Miss Ali Hart, and Salim Abraham, who can be found at Salim TD. How you doing, you lovely bastards? Welcome. Yeah, it sounds like we're doing like a suicidal pact soon. It's just like, oh, second last one. <laughs> Drinking the Kool-Aid. And the Kool-Aid's <laughs> coming out. It's the Festivus episode. We're all drinking Kool-Aid straight after. That's it. You may need it. I couldn't think you of two better it. people to go down with. So, uh, yeah, let, let's get it on. <laughs> such a piece, like a, such a nice gesture, like... <laughs> yeah have you um have you ever looked into jim jones bits and pieces like obviously just the way television and things like that works these days you can't sort of skip a channel without seeing something tied into some cult-based mass suicides or you know whatever else <laughs> yeah. uh so yeah I've, I've i've dabbled in in that in that space you've dabbled in your kool-aid prep yeah, yeah. cool is that Very the jonestown cool. one is that the yeah one? that is because the only reason why I know about that is because of the band Brian's Jonestown Massacre. Mm-hmm. And the only reason mm-hmm. why I know about that is because of the uh, Danny Warhols and their documentary called Dig. Well, there you go. Mm. It's a great documentary, by the way. I recommend it. There you go, listeners. Dig. Check that shit out. But only after you listen how- to episode 132 in its entirety. H- how are you, Jim Jones? You good? I'm doing great. Um, I'm a little bit tired. I've been up since about seven. Um, I just watched the kind of funny... Uh, game showcase because I didn't want to get up at four thirty in the morning or whatever it was when it was streaming live. So I did, I did. Yeah, but that's normal for you. That would have been five thirty. You would have been up for about an yeah, hour. But it means I have to be somewhat alert, and I may have fallen asleep somewhere in between. Mm. But yeah, I, I had old intentions to do it, but I was playing Red Dead Online till about midnight, and then we decided to watch the latest episode of Geordie Shaw, which ticked me into bed at about one. And then, yeah, woke up at seven. Yeah. Are we going to leave that one alone or? It, it's a hot mess, that show. Like, you, you watch a show like that to feel very good about your life life choices sometimes. Like, last night, Lord. this girl, Chloe, got that munted when they got back to, you know, their party share house thing. She took a shit and then a piss in, like, the kitchen on the floor. Like, it's just like... Hey, look, don't go and judge people for defecating in places where they're not meant to. You... you- Need to take a walk in her shoes to understand the situation she was in. I am ashamed of you, Brendan, as someone who is a um, who has a very notable defecation story from way back when. It was in a bathroom, still technically. It was in a bathroom, technically, but it was all over the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, but it was like we, we were leaving that morning. It was in a hotel bathroom, so you know I'm not waking up in the morning trying to cook Brendan- bacon and eggs with a nuggy sitting beside me on the floor. But- Brendan, just, it's it's such a rock star story. 
the hotel bathroom getting trashed. <laughs> uh, we won't go into that too much further because I feel like the details might turn people away from what is going to be the greatest game of the year awards ever, the Hungry Awards Ceremony 2018. Hashtag check yourself. <laughs> You keep doing you, my friend. You keep doing you. <laughs> so, I have no idea what's going on. I'm amped up on coffee, you guys. Yeah. Let's rock oh, and roll. You. Yeah, I had a beauty before. But um, yeah, so episode 132, we're going to be recapping the Game Awards as well as the uh, bloody kind of funny showcase, which yeah finished literally a few hours ago. And then also then giving out our own Hungry Awards as we do every year on the podcast. But I guess before we start pivoting into those uh, award spaces, shall we talk about what we've been playing? Let's. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, Ali, did you and I want to rip this Band-Aid off first and get the uh, Red Dot Online talk done and dusted early in the piece? What do you think? Yeah, let's do it. Let's talk about our shenanigans in the wild, wild west. Mm. So I got to ask, this is sort of the first time you've been doing actually story missions and things in the in your red dead online experience how how's that felt um well like i i wasn't the best companion for you guys um, i got really distracted along the way yeah. I'll, I'll i'll set the scene like literally five minutes after joining the posse and and posseing up as they say in rdo um we're, we're riding off to go do a uh to do sort of a stranger mission and then we look back and, and Allie's there distracted, patting two dogs. She's like, oh, I'm the dog master or the dog whisperer, patting dogs left, right and center while we're like off it- trying to, uh, you know, wrangle in the Wild West. Because if you pat them enough, they get like really, really happy. And there was two of them and they were um, huskies. Mm. So I couldn't stop. And one of them had like a white eye and a brown eye. And I was like patting that one. That one was happy. I patted the other one. And then as I started walking away, it was following me. I'm like, hey, look, guys. (laughs) (laughs) I made two new friends. Yeah, she's the Pied Piper of the Wild West. Um, I am. I am. Hey, at least I brushed your horses. That's true. You kept old, uh, you kept Ripley nice and clean. She was very happy for that. Mm. Yeah, no, I'm not a great companion when it comes to story missions. I apologize. Mm. You, you add some nice variety to the uh, the standard just shoot everybody, steal everything type of mentality that is running rampant in Red Dead Online, though. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so so a lot of Red Dead this week. I've just hit level 24. Um, I may have cheated my way to about five levels of that. Um, <laughs> set set the PlayStation. How's that? Set the PlayStation Four on overnight. Got the old uh, fateful blue rubber band here. Joined the lobby. Angled my uh, left stick, so I'm walking around the map still, and, and let it burn for about six or so hours straight. You're kidding! And is that it? That's all you need to do. That's all you need to do. And I and I like got home from work that day, and yeah, I jumped four or five levels. Got about a thousand bucks. Uh, a couple of gold bars so uh just for walking yeah because because you no, because there's obviously the open world um free roam and then there's um sort of pvp based playlists so you just yeah. join a lobby and as long as you're moving you're never going to get kicked out so you're getting xp whether you're winning or losing it can be obviously larger if you're on the winning team less on the on the losing team but can, you still just chunk you, it can you not vote to boot someone from the lobby nope not yet. No, nope. that's coming. It's coming. Wow. And um, oh, the, the hate. I'd hate you the, so much, bro. The hate mail is already coming. Like I um, I jumped on. Good. And um, I had about eight or nine messages from various people that I must have been playing with in these lobbies. You know, calling me all kinds of curse words and 
punk bitch and this, that, the other. And um, Wait, could they recognize what you were doing? Could they? Yeah. yeah. Well, if it's a team game, I'm assuming they're... Te- I haven't played Red Dead Online at all this week um, and not very much of it in general. So is it the team game yeah competition yes right? so there's team yeah. options um then there's sort of like it's just a randomized playlist so you'll go from um team-based ones where it's just standard te- team deathmatch uh capture the flag type of ones king of the hill type of modes and then it'll go into sort of yeah every man for himself ones. so if you're teamed up with people and you're just johnny random walking in circles or just walking in a beeline until you hit a fence and then you're just sort of pushing yourself against this fence the whole time um yeah you get a bit of grief you get some grief, but you also get you some gold it. bars. So suck it. Yeah. Wow. Don't deserve that. Mm. So you got extra gold bars on top of the payout that um, Rockstar's giving everyone for. Yeah, yeah. So they've obviously yeah. they've balanced out the the in game economy and currency. So as a thank you to everyone that has played up until today, or a sorry, I guess if you look at it, they gave everyone two hundred fifty bucks as well as Whoa. fifteen gold bars. Well, hold on. Am I eligible? Yeah, you should be. If you log in, you'll probably get those as well. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I need to log in because that happened before, like the last time I started playing. So yeah, yeah. So there's that, and then they've obviously mm. lowered a lot of the costs on weapons and and clothing and things like that too, because a thousand dollars for some guns uh, is just bonkers. But I've got my vol- volcanic pistol now, and I'm just running roughshod with this thing. I paid so much money, I got it like. All the metals changed. I got engraving put in it. I've got like a new funky wooden handle. It cost me like 400 bucks just to modify this thing, but it's it's my boo. I can't justify it. I really can't. Like uh, the fact that I had to buy a pair of pants for myself was uh, a struggle, but I think that's going to be the nicest thing that is on me for a while. Mm. Mm. Apart from that, I don't really need anything else. But it, it's definitely playing with friends is the way to go. Like this week... We've sort of rolled out with with Miss Hart, uh, Benny, Rach. Uh, we've we've had a few sessions with Jono as well. Jono's got on. Um, he was kind enough to use the last of his mobile data to jump on and uh, <laughs> ride through the Wild West with us, and, and then head to the Wild West apparently where there's no internet for him. Exactly, Jesus. exactly. Um, but it just adds a nice layer to it when you're doing these missions where you're robbing stagecoaches, assassination missions. Uh, treasure hunt sort of missions and things it's so much more fun when you've got a few other people to bounce off um, mm. so so I've been really enjoying that like playing this by myself I don't think I'd enjoy it anywhere near as much so I'm always going to try and get on and play with people I, it's not too bad to be completely honest with you but like I guess we've kind of established some of us just have really different play styles like I'm totally content with just even on an online aspect just still just traveling and hunting and um, just the random encounters. It's mm. nice. I'm actually loving these like random encounters with other people online and just seeing stuff. Like, I don't know if you witnessed it, but I was walking back from the butcher and a person's body just came from, uh, like, fell from the roof and just splattered in front of me. <laughs> and I think the person just jumped off the roof. And then they got up, looked at me, and I looked at them, and then they waved and ran off. And then I'm like, this is great. Like, this is mm. exactly what I expect. This is what I remember from GTA Online. And I'm so glad that it's translating well onto uh, Red Dead Online. Yeah. I just, those random encounters is what always drew me back. They just need to bring in that passive system quick because we, we had an exchange with this other rival posse that went for, not even exaggerating, probably nearly two hours 
where yeah. we'd have shootouts through a town then get sick of it and so we'd roll off but then they'd just follow us no matter where we went because you, your markers show up on the map they can track mm-hmm. you down unless you leave that server they just hunt you down and they were just fucking up our quests and just being general dicks and like it was cool to a degree but then it was like now you're just being wankers for the sake of being wankers and that's also what comes from gta online <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh, Everything's yeah. all as it should be. I think um, I I haven't really played it all that much. I am interested to play it, but I, I'm I'm kind of okay to wait a little while. I'm a bit sort of Red Dead fatigued just because I've been playing a lot of it um, over the last few weeks, and you've been hearing a lot about it, and you know it's really everywhere that you yeah. turn your head in the gaming world at the moment. But also mm. the online experience with GTA Five um was something that just evolved over time and something that i feel like really only came into its own much later on 100 yeah so i'd I'd rather probably stick it out until we start doing some proper goddamn i don't know what train robberies can we do train robberies yet and heists and all that stuff no no yeah like once once you'd be able to rob a bank and yeah rob a proper train that'd be that'd be some next level stuff and be able to like own businesses Mm. and things so it's bare bones yeah, now, but the bones too. are good. <laughs> All right. What else she's been playing? Look, I'm going to get into this before people rip into me. I played Destiny 2 because it released really? um, new content. Yes, Black Armory yes, it came did. out. Can you tell me um, what that is? Because I know really nothing about Black Armory. Black Armory is like a new extension, like downloaded extension, where it's um, it's it's about this, uh, like f- from what I can witness, because this is the problem with this new content. First of all, you got to buy a pass. Second of all, like to access all this new like specific stuff, like they've got a forge mode now, which is essentially just a horde mode, really. And a lot of people are already saying it's kind of boring. Um, I'm I'm not the light level to reach any of this yet. Like you have got to be like. 600 plus for any of this content so um i'm still i'm like close to five eight uh five ninety now so almost there um but black armory is like the- it's this hidden place that's in the tower where it's a lady who like is an arms dealer i guess um and she's usually she- you get the mission through spider you remember mm-hmm. the guy spider yeah so he gives you like this ticket and then you go see her and then you kind of start all these like quests and stuff in regards to armory and stuff like that you get to do like crafting of weapons as well like i said i haven't gone into it because i'm kind of like semi-light restricted yeah um and so i had to work on that because there is a new raid um the raid got beaten i think it was like pretty quick this time around i think it was only like an was it an hour or something i don't know but um it was definitely much quicker than last wish i think was the last one so, um, yeah, so there's a new raid. The raid looks fun. It actually looks fun. Inclusion of sparrows, jump puzzles, and it's not so, um, dragged out if that's what I could call, yeah. call it. Um, so I need to get to a highlight level so I can participate in this raid. Um, it looks genuinely fun. I, um, I want to so, get back. Um, and yeah, it's like, like, it's still fun. Like I'm still like mm. I'm still enjoying it. There's a lot of salty people because this it's Destiny. It's the freaking Destiny community. So there's still a lot of salty people. They're saying that they don't like Black, Ar- Black Armory because there's a like for what it is like you buy a battle pass. The battle pass for Australia is I think about fifty bucks. Um, fifty bucks. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, is that I think there's a bit of um, there's a bit of like bitterness because right now right now it feels like it's not a lot for the money the cost but 
the thing is, is Destiny, like, Bungie has a rollout plan, so they've actually got a bunch of content. They've got actually, I think, a diagram somewhere where they're talking about the rollout and when to expect it and everything. But I guess at this stage, a lot of people are not seeing value for money. I I don't like what um, I'm hearing here, Ali. You wouldn't. um, 50 bucks bucks was the price of Forsaken, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. I think it was roughly the same thing. Um, Yeah, so... I like I said, I still got no horse in the race because I really haven't gotten to access the content. Um, I've been watching a lot of it. Um, I watched the raid, um, but yeah, I'm not. I'm hearing a lot of bitterness, but like mm. I said, that's. I, I guess it's hard. Like it's community. nice that they've outlined it in a roadmap, but mm. fifty bucks outside of having to buy a season pass for the previous expansions, and now you've got to buy a battle pass for this black armory and subsequent expansions attached to that. It's it's a big outlay. Like, if you crunch in yeah. the numbers, you're looking at probably two hundred plus dollars um, just to play, just for the privilege of playing. Mm. Yeah, and I, I think I would probably turn a bit if I actually sat down and paid attention to how much money I actually have dropped into what this was essentially first Destiny Two, which only came out what was it last year? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then like, then you had your Battle of Osiris, you had um, Warmine, and then. You've got like oh, Forsaken, then you've got this new content. Like you are dropping a lot of money within a very short mm. span. Mm. So, but I, 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 yeah, I guess when you attach that grind aspect to it, and you do have those hardcore players that just Destiny Two is life, and they're six hundred gear score smacking raids. Like it's probably two hundred bucks when you're playing this game twenty thirty hours a week probably is oh, a lot fine. easier to swallow but yeah for, yeah. for the casual players that just want to experience new content it's like a bit of a barrier to yeah. entry yeah and that's the thing and it's a, it's a bit of a reach it really it really is so um yeah but I, I guess that's who they've also marketed it to like you guys said the the really dedicated players because a lot of them now have already like reached their peak like they already hit their 600s multiple characters what do you do from that on so they make more content mm. but they put a price tag I on hear it. they yeah, masturbate a lot because they've got nothing else to do. They just masturbate to like Zavala-esque porn. I don't know. Oh, blue. Mm, it's that shiny, mm. shiny sort of translucent dome. You know, there's a bit of a kink factor there. It's the voice. It's the sultry, sultry tones of whoever <laughs> that actor is from The Wire. Yeah. 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 Um, it's the actor. He's in John Wick. He plays yeah. the guy yeah. in the concierge. And in Fringe, he was the head of like the FBI arm of, of Fringe. Great show, by the way. I know I've ramped on about that probably ten times in all these episodes. Fringe is great. Check it out. <laughs> the Fringe is also a great place. Oh yeah, and my Fringe right now is hanging freely. My hair is swishing, <laughs> swishing in the wind. Dream. What about you? What have you been playing? Um, I have been playing a fair bit this week. It's been a good week. Um, I'll start with Hearthstone, Rustikhan's Rumble, the new expansion dropped. Uh, I haven't played too much of this just yet. I did get six free packs. If you, if you play, you just get six free packs and a legendary. Um, I actually got another legendary in one of my free packs. So, um, that, that was nice. That rarely happens to get that good fortune from Blizzard. Uh, I played one game with a control warrior deck, like a dragon warrior deck, and it was a win and it was a lot of fun. The overkill mechanics, the new one where if you do more damage than you need to, to kill the enemy minion, a special effect triggers. Um, I, it I like seems that like idea. a lot of fun. I like that idea. 
Yeah, it's it's an interesting mechanic. Uh, to be honest, I, I'm probably going to be the victim of a lot of overkill mechanics um, as I go on to play further. So I'll probably form more of an opinion about how I feel about that um, after a couple of more games. But that that dropped. So if you're at all into Hearthstone, now's the right time to be jumping back in um, just to see what the, the game feels like now. It does definitely feel different from the you know, small interaction I had with it this week. Another one of my favorites, Tekken 7. Uh, we had a huge announcement this week and the content's already dropped. Um, so two new characters have joined the roster, Marduk and Armor King, who were both previously thought to be retired characters. Um, they're like the John Farnham's of Tekken, you might say. Well... <laughs> This is a, an interesting one because um, Harada, the game developer, um, the game runner really, basically said that they're dead. The characters are oh, dead. Oh, wow. Um, so it was assumed that they were all dead leading into Tekken 7. So no one... I mean, it, it's Tekken. Anything could happen. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it was a really pleasant surprise to see these two guys come in particularly because a lot of their moves were actually given to other characters like armor king's moves were given to king so it was assumed that that's because we won't see armor king and and marduk had um there's a new character called gigas who plays very similarly to marduk so again assumed that uh we wouldn't see him but they're both in they're both available now they both play very similarly to how they used to um it's a lot of fun just seeing them both back in there it's good to get characters that are already well developed and well formed the problem with like um a character like noctis who's Mm. just this sort of borrow character is that it's really simple and easy to play him and it's just kind of not fun after a while like you press triangle four times and he'll do a great string um the combos are easy the strings are easy and after a while you really just know what to look out for with them but characters like marduk and armor king like the rest of the tekken character roster very well developed there's a lot of there's a lot of strategy involved with playing with them and against them so glad to see them both here when, uh, when is um when's is is negan coming to tekken right yeah when's he negan, coming? negan's coming i think negan comes early next year along what? with yeah julia yeah there's a great wow. trailer that they played in the tekken world finals mm. last week where it's actually I don't know Walking Dead season numbers, but the season finale where they're all kneeling in front of Negan, yeah. all the characters, the one before Steve Yun's character dies. Rest in peace, um, Glenn. Yeah, Glenn. So they actually recreated that scene with a bunch of ter- Tekken characters kneeling in front of Negan and Negan's just like going on about, I don't know, how he's bad and stuff. I don't know. It's a cool trailer though. It's not too bad. I'll have to check, check that out. out. Yeah, I think, unfortunately, Negan's probably also going to be one of these really simple 2D characters just because the whole reason to get him in is to get more players into the game. You don't want to make it incredibly fucking difficult for them to learn how to play the character they want to play. So, like Noctis, it'll probably just be triangle, 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 but go for it, you know? Good tactic. If that's what it gets you in, that's what gets you in. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to actually know if they have some kind of metric where they can work out new players if they have come specifically for noctus or negan like oh yeah for sure absolutely they would have the data on that because you know who what everyone's playing online 
right? So you know, they know what the most played characters are. They'd be able to for sure tie it to your account. They'd be able to see when you bought the game, when you bought the DLC, all that stuff. Mm. I, I just like, I don't know, like, I guess because I'm like, I like those franchises, but it's it's not a needle mover for me to buy a game just to play. Like, who knows? No, maybe okay, maybe no. if Joker from Persona <laughs> comes in there, maybe I'll buy it. I think the barrier Cue the entry, eye roll attached to that, by the way. My God. <laughs> I think the like barrier for entry for Tekken versus Smash Brothers is very different. Smash is such a more popular game, I think. Tekken's nowhere near as popular um, with with gamers. Um, and it's definitely... I would say it's a lot harder, although I'm sure some Smash Bros out there would like to argue otherwise. Anyway. <laughs> um, I've actually played two other games this week that are uh, brand new ones for me. So the first one is a game by Supergiant called Pyre, which I'm sure you guys know already. Um, Pyre came out last year. It's a, it's a really interesting game. I'm a big fan of Supergiant. I love Transistor. I loved uh, Bastion. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why it's taken me so long to get on this, but anyway, that's my problem. Um, Pyre is sort of set in this interesting world. It's set in a place called the Downside, which is where um, these exiles are all sent. All of these sort of enemies of the state are sent. And for these guys, there's sort of no hope um, of returning to home, the Commonwealth, unless you compete in these contests called the Rites. And then if you're successful in the Rites, then maybe you can return, depending on if you win or not. Um, so the rights are actually, it's kind of like a three on three, uh, where all you need to do is slam an orb into a burning pyre. Um, and it's a really simple game, but it's actually a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's interesting how they've added depth to it because you have characters that all play sort of differently and they all have different skill trees and different abilities um the team that you face are also formed of you know different characters with different abilities and then the the different maps that you play on and that adds just enough complexity that the rights themselves don't feel too repetitive but around that game is a whole ton of story um and lore that you just learn on your journey between the, the rights so you're traveling between one contest to another and you meet your characters and you get to know a bit more about them it turns out there's an overarching story about how the Commonwealth is like this really dystopic sort of society um, and that your sort of broader plan, spoiler alert if you want to play the game, it's not a big spoiler. Um, it basically is in the trailer, so I don't feel bad about this, but the broader plan is actually just to um, overtop, sorry, topple the government leading the Commonwealth because they're just evil. So that's really the game in a nutshell it's a lot of fun i am enjoying it. i think it's really beautiful they you know really liberal use of vibrant colors on the, on the overall map and and supergiant just have a really great i think eye for design and style and character development they really have well fleshed out characters in all of their games and and i was actually really pleased to see jumping ahead a little bit that um hades um the hades trailer dropped during the game awards throughout the week and it's the same guys isn't it out right now too Early access is mm. out. It's going to come out in 2019. But yeah, I haven't played oh. that just yet. But um, I love this uh, developer. I think uh, I think everything they do is fantastic. I've finished this sort of to completion. It's a bit um, cyclic, cyclical, this game, because you have to sort of get all of your characters released, but you can only get them released one at a time. So you lose them permanently, and then it's up to the rest of your team to compete in the rights again, and then you get to 
lose lose another and another and another and they will hopefully go free by the end of it oh wow yeah so it's a bit of a commitment um but i i really rate this game if you're into i don't know indie games if you're into strategy games this is a good game um speaking of strategy games my last game this week total war britannia (laughs) so brendan you're up till midnight last night playing um red dead yes i was up till 3 a.m last night playing total war britannia oh wow and I regret nothing. It is, <laughs> it is such a fucking total war game. Um, they all play the same it, to a certain degree. Like if you've played one, you've sort of played them all. Um, but it doesn't mean that it's still not fun and still not interesting and still not like incredibly painful. Mm. So painful to play. Every turn, every action matters. Um, there's so much involved with the game on an economic level, on a political level. And then of course, like military, moving your armies around, conquering other armies and other regions. Um, I've got in Britannia, you have nobles and you have to like marry them off and you have to, you have to watch your back around these backstabbing sons of guns because their loyalty, if it gets low enough, they'll challenge you and they'll challenge, like they'll try and take your regions and stuff. And the only way to sort of appease them is to either pay them off or give them like an estate, like somewhere that you've conquered. Mm. How to kill? I fucking hate it. Yeah, you can kill them too. You can you can plan to assassinate them. But the problem is you also kind of need these guys because they provide buffs and bonuses to like your region, to your whole, um, your whole economy. They're worth oh. keeping around as long as they're happy. As soon as they're not happy with you though, knives are out. Mm. Well... I've watched a lot of uh, periodic-based history television shows, so I know exactly what you're talking about as far as that mm. jostle for power. Did you play as the um, the Vikings or I did. the Anglo-Saxons? Yeah. yeah, I did. So this is set in 878 AD, I think is the first year you start. So it's right around that time, mm. like Wessex, like Vikings, the TV show. It's that, that era, basically, a little bit, little bit, like maybe... 20, 30, 40, 50 years later. I'd play that game that just period. to marry Lagatha and then just have children and not worry about conquering anything else. Just sit at home on my throne. This game, I'd play that game. <laughs> this game is just as like, like in Vikings, all of the sort of treachery and like, this guy's now a Jarl and this guy's now a Jarl and Lagatha's a Jarl. Like it feels like that in my like, family at the moment because everyone's coming to get me. It's crazy. There's an Oprah um, meme there waiting to be happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I love this game. I think it's really well done. Um, it's the third Total War game I've played now. And I think that this one, um, the the military part of it, the battles are always, for me, the funnest parts because you, you get to go to war, basically, um, and employ like strategy. And, you know, you move your guys here and hide these guys in the forest and you flank the army and rout them. And um, it's fun. It's so much fun. Uh, there's something that speaks deep to me, um, deep to my like I don't know my, my white maleness about conquering land and acquiring <laughs> territory. There's something that just oh my God. there's something in there. There's something in there that's just evoked every time I play these games. Um, Can't say much. It's like, when I love cooking games. So it is on. so much fun. If you like strategy games, play play Total War. Play play. I wonder if it's my favorite. I like Total War Shogun still probably the most just because I love you know samurai culture but uh but this is this is good this Mm. is really good and i'll keep playing until i conquer all of the british isles you get them 
You, you got mm. Frankier yet? You're taking down olden day. No, I, that's that's not that's not around. Oh, what? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's not part of the continent. Payable expansion. You wait. Yeah. <laughs> In the battle pass. Oh, God. Um, that's yeah that's it for me this week and i'll probably continue to play total war into next week i guess but yeah that's it all right quick bit of housekeeping before we dive into the meat and potatoes of this episode so for anyone out there that is rocking those apple pods or apple ear pods as you call them and, and you're sick of them you think you kind of look like a bit of a wanker with these white little buds you want something you different Mm-hmm. Head on over to audiotechnica.com.au and grab yourself a pair of the brand new hot off the shelf ATH Sport 7 TWs. They look good, they feel good, they are good. Uh, obviously, can act as your sort of hands free device, making calls, listen to music, all that kind of stuff. Uh, $2.99 recommended retail price, but uh, they look pretty fresh. Like, I'm not a big in ear um, sort of phone type of guy, but uh, they look pretty good. So, so check them out. Nice sort of charcoal dark dark gray, black sort of tone instead of that big obnoxious white sort of uh, potential mini tampon hanging out of your earlobe. So, uh, yeah. Get, Can confirm. Get these and look good, sound good, feel good. Audiotechnica.com.au And while you're also wanting to be looking good, head over to designbyhumans.com forward slash shop forward slash we are 8 bit for 20 plus designs. The hottest merch in the geek sphere, bar none. Quote me on that. Put that on my tombstone, whatever. I am going to die on this hill. We have the best merch in the business. And um, after you get some nice threads and earbuds, come back next week for our final episode of 2018. Join us as we return to Festivus to air our gaming grievances. If you want to add to the conversation, feel free to drop us a message on Twitter or Facebook or even email us at hello at 8bit.net. Responses can be audio-based, preferably MP3 or WAV. Keep them under 90 seconds if you can. Or write them and we will read them on the episode next week. So, let's get into the Game Awards recap, shall we? This week's news headlines. So, did you guys watch this thing in the entirety? Like, it was a long marathon of an awards ceremony. Like, I watched it from start to finish and it was, it was a journey. Unfortunately, it was during work hours. I caught the replay, um, and I watched most of it. I skipped the trailers just because I've seen all the trailers. Yes, I too watched it outside of work hours, wink, wink. But hey, you can't fire me because I resigned last week, so suck it, Mobotics, anyway. What? Um, yeah, yeah. All I, right, I re- we'll talk about that later. Story for another day. Um, yeah. But yeah, there was a massive amount of awards uh, up for grabs and obviously given away over the, the, the entirety of the night. Uh, God of War and Red Dead Redemption 2 uh, coming out as the big winners. Uh, so God of War took out best action slash adventure game, best game direction, and the pinnacle of the ceremony, game of the year. And then Red Dead Redemption 2 takes out four awards, best narrative, best score slash music, best audio design, and best performance. And that was Roger Clark as Arthur Morgan. Mm. So did we want to say anything about those two games first? Uh before we sort of start rattling off some of these other awards that were given away. Roger Clark's acceptance speech was adorable. It really was. I loved it. Um, you know, he took the time to thank his, his wife and his friends and the studio. Very heartfelt. Um, it was one of the moments of the show. He seemed like a dude. Isn't it? Yeah, and wasn't he like British? Like he had some kind of accent. Mm. 
So, like, it's funny to always, like, I get it. That's voice acting, Ellie. Duh, it's acting. But, like, just how the comparison sometimes on people's accents from how they speak day to day and then the accents that they have to do when they're voice acting. It's just, like, sometimes it's a contrast. And sometimes it blows your mind when you see what they actually look like. And you're like, whoa, hang on. Yeah. Whoa. On, on, on that discussion of what they look like, seeing uh, Chris Judge and um, the, the young boy's name who played... Uh, Atreus and um, Kratos in God of War when they come up and did the award ceremony and and old mate um, Chris Judge what's that outfit he had going on he looked like a boss battle from a 90s 16 bit he's an absolute style cat I love it he looked great he's Mm. probably had Botox or some kind of face work done if he hasn't then let me know what you're doing mate because this this is Tilk from yeah from Stargate um, Stargate and like that was a long time ago and he still looks great <laughs> like yeah he's got the hair he's got the eyebrow like he had very uh very expressive face but um yeah I love the little back and forth that they did too that was kind of cute yeah. I have to I have to say I think just the reward the reward the awards sorry not the rewards the awards on whole like as a whole if I could get this out of my mouth at all it'd be great uh the awards as a whole I think they were all pretty much on point Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I have no disappointment at all for anything um, that was awarded or anyone who received an award. I think Red Dead and God of War were always going to be a bit of a coin toss on Game of the Year. Um, but I'm glad to see uh, that hype didn't sort of dominate the awards. Red Dead obviously coming out much later in the year, getting the praise that it did. It was easy to see that this might have just swept everything. And um, I'm glad that I guess everyone's kind of got them, their wits about them enough to um, put everything into perspective, mm. which is good. I, I think the one thing, though, that um, I, like, I don't care too much about it, but there was a lot of um, hype leading up to the Game Awards of like, we've got exclusive announcements, we've got this, we've got that. Mm. And they mm. even had some you know, kind of impressive, like, um, people that were presenting as well. Um, yeah. Like, you know, so. Lisa, Jonah Hill. <laughs> yeah. Uh, f- f- they had, um, fucking, uh, Christoph Waltz. About? Yeah, that's his name, Christoph Waltz. I always forget his name. Yeah. And, and, the, and the, the lady. Angel. Yeah. Yeah. The lady. I, I can't <laughs> remember <laughs> her name. I'm- but, yeah. like, and it's funny because it, like, it started off with a lot of hype when you had... Um, Phil, Sean, and Reggie roll out from um, Xbox, Sony, and Nintendo, oh. and you're like, "What's going to go on here? They're going to announce this new cross-platform." Yeah, they announced nothing. Yeah, and they just come out and they're like, "Yeah, we got we play games. Games are important. See you later. Give me the paycheck." And it was just like, "I'll make sure later." Finger Layden. guns, walk off stage. Yeah. <laughs> Can I just say, Sean later could look less impressed to be there. Like he. <laughs> He looked like he could not wait to get away from Phil Spencer. I don't know if they are genuinely good mates or what outside of that. Phil Spencer's in Phil Spencer mode. Mm-hmm. Like, just ready to and go. Reggie, and Reggie's just enjoying the ride. Yeah. <laughs> He's wearing a t-shirt underneath the body. He's a robot. Yeah, uh, he was Spencer's probably made in the Nintendo offices. Oh, no, not Reggie. Uh, Spencer. I reckon Phil Spencer only has one mode, and that is Xbox. <laughs> I love Phil Spencer. He's 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 the dude. So, right. um, but yeah. So it it started with so much promise, and and I think Ali, you hit it on the head. That was uh, a sort of creature of its own demise, where it was hyped up so much that there was going to be these massive big announcements. There was some cool ones, and we'll talk about that after the awards. 
But um, yeah, overall, I think it definitely didn't land on some of the hype that was attached to yeah. some of these announcements that they were they were parading around. Yeah, but you know, still full kudos. Like it, it, it was a great awards. Like it was a great awards mm. considering you know, like where, like how many years it's been going for? Four, four years. I think now? this is the fifth year. So, but yeah, it's still oh, early okay. days. Still early days. Yeah, yeah. So one, one, one thing I want to mention that I, I oh, that made me just cringe was the um. The, the live concert performance of like the Devil May Cry Oh, song. yes. Thank you. My Thank you for bringing that up. Goodness, that was rough. So she, um, there's this great moment where she just gives away the whole lip sync thing when um, she's singing, singing, singing. And I think she's singing the hook for the last time. And then as it's looping over her, she just holds the mic out to the audience and the thing just doesn't break. Like it just keeps singing the loop and it just looked dumb as shit i loved her like sideways little headbang things where she's just sort of swinging her hair back and forth like this like it was on some yo gabba gabba bloody episode <laughs> yeah and it was what like was... uh it was like a real c-grade k-pop performance and I what think. was with the the like the metal vocalist that come out said sung the opening hook and then just disappeared off stage like didn't come <laughs> back and sing anymore like do you have to go take a shit or something like where did he go he, he sucked. <laughs> that whole band sucked. Like, it, it looked like a Rocker Stedford performance. Like, the young yeah. dude on the guitar, he's like, oh God, there's a red- Watch me rip. <laughs> yeah. John Farner, Rocker Stedford. There's a lot of references this so, episode. It's quite peculiar. Who's the um, composer they had on again? The famous composer from Star Wars and Indiana and every other great film franchise. Oh, um, John. Oh, fuck. What's his name? Anyway. Oh, John John name. Williams. Yes, John Williams. So it was John Williams, then them. Mm. You know what I mean? <laughs> Hard act to follow. Yeah. Pretty level anyway. playing field there. <laughs> Great award ceremony in my IMO. Yeah, I, I liked it. It went for a while, but when you've got 27, I think, um, categories, you know, obviously mm. it's going to gonna go. Hmm. Mm. So if we start moving through some of the the winners, we have just as a quick quick note to the listeners, we have removed pretty well the majority of the esports talk outside of the esports game of the year. So we aren't talking about the shoutcasters, excuse me, the tournaments and stuff like that. We're just talking about the the main stuff that I think the the mass audience uh, cares a little bit more about. But anyway, uh, best action game, Dead Cells took that out. Uh, which was a surprise to see a nice little indie get a bit of love, and that was one of the first awards awarded of the evening. Best role-playing game went to Monster Hunter World. Best ongoing game, to no one's surprise, Fortnite won that one. The next one, which I think took all three of us by surprise, uh, and probably a lot of the world out there that maybe hasn't played this game, uh, Best Art Direction went to Return of the Obra Dinn. Very interesting mm-hmm. style. Black and white, sort of lithograph type of vibe to it. Um, mm-hmm. Or as you nailed it so eloquently, the Etch-A-Sketch game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, like, it was funny because we were going over this list and, like, I just went, what the hell game is that? And Brendan just straight away goes, yeah, I've got no idea. I'm like, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, he did. Mm -hmm. Like, it was just like, it's, I've never heard of this game before. Me neither. And I feel a little bit bad. Like, I'm like, why has this one gone under the radar? Same, same. Looks looks interesting. Yeah. It's got my attention now. Yeah. So, best independent game went to Celeste. Uh, which was also in, obviously, the Game of the Year uh, running, which is pretty impressive. Uh, Games for Impact, Celeste took that out as well. 
Best mobile game was Florence. Uh, best VR slash AR game went to Astrobot Rescue Mission. Uh, best fighting game, Dragon Ball Fighters. Best family game, this one, uh, Overcooked 2, which I love seeing yeah. take that out over things like Mario Party, Mario Tennis, um, yeah. some pretty big dog tentpole type IPs. And the, uh, the Overcooked 2 took it out, which is such a fun game. My goodness, that fr- franchise is dynamite. We need to play that seriously. Mm. I can't. I want to play that and see how everyone reacts to each other in that kind of environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So best strategy game went to Into the Breach, uh, which I don't know much about, but looked interesting from sort of the the B reel that they showed uh, when they took it out there. Best sports slash racing game, Forza Horizon Four. Can't really debate that. It's it's a franchise that's just perfected the secret sauce when it comes to racing games uh best multiplayer game fortnite uh is what it is uh, best debut indie game the messenger which is sort of the side scroll uh old school ninja gaiden type roguelike that they've got running around they've also announced it some looks DLC. Good, actually. yeah it does look good um yeah. looks like you'd be dying a lot of time and getting frustrated but you know that's i think half the beauty of these types of games these days it's also a nod to like um retro like gaming mm-hmm. so each time you level up kind of thing the um the quality and graphics get better and the music changes mm. yeah, look into it i mean, mm. think some people might actually like that one. yeah and then best esports game overwatch took that out over titles like league of legends csgo and such and the last mm. one we'll mention the content creator of the year goes to ninja who also um gave away an award with a muppet uh i don't know if you guys saw that but uh this Did little crustacean, um, very awkward I, selfie segment. My favorite was all the posts. Like everyone made the same joke, but everyone was just like, "Oh, they got a muffin to the awards, and they got Pepe with him too." <laughs> <laughs> oh, mm. funny! Ah, everyone's a comedian. Yeah, um, content creator of the year. Um, yeah, um, were they all streamers? They were all streamers, no, and no YouTubers, every no. every bit of B reel attached to their sort of um, announcements of who the nominees were all were tied into Fortnite. So, uh, oh, yeah, indicative of something. Yes, yes, the mm. cultural phenomenon. Oh, I've got to say, um, related slightly. Uh, Archer had his his uh, graduation ceremony on Friday, and um, the amount of little five year old kids doing Fortnite dances is terrifying it is everywhere it is like a plague um <laughs> epic can't fault you i guess for, for taking over the gaming sphere but my god it makes me angry look i cringe because i'm an old fogey who hates people life and society but they could be doing worse stuff that's true they could be on heroin you know they could, so. <laughs> they could be listening to john farnham or doing the rockest effort <laughs> Better you're the voice um, come on now <laughs> Get the tapping sticks out for the big beat drums. It just it seems very popular for everyone to be all like, oh, God, look at the, what the kids are doing. I'm like, you know what? They're dancing. Yeah. They're just dancing. Mm. Yeah, it's... They could be calling our mums big fat hoes, but they're not. They're just dancing. Mm. <laughs> big fat hoes. <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to think what they used to like, what I used to was used to hearing when I used to play COD and when COD was the game that like uh, a lot of... Yeah young kids would play and oh my god yeah. there was a lot of there's a lot of i'll fornicate with your mum talk that's for sure yeah <laughs> i'll do some horizontal folk dancing with your mum. that's it yeehaw <laughs> while listening to john farnham's uh whispering jack album that's the third farnham <laughs> reference this episode 
He's relevant today, Brendan. He's still relevant. Yeah. Oh, so relevant. Yeah, he's so he's, relevant. He's retired and done farewell to us about 15 times. <laughs> it's true. Mm. Anyway, so that is the award winners. And then I guess tailing off the back of that, talking about some of the announcements. So I've, I've grabbed the Game Awards 10 Biggest Announcements um, via a Polygon article that was put together by ONS Good. And it's broken down into the anticipated, the teasers, the really big reveals, and then the unexpected. So if we lead it off with the anticipated, the first one uh, that's rattling off on the list was Far Cry New Dawn, which was the uh, the sequel to the latest Far Cry film, uh, Far Cry game. Uh, spoilers at the end of that game, pretty much doomsday occurred, missiles were fired, Earth was <laughs> in a whole whole world of hurt. Uh, so so this ties on the back of that where it's got a little bit of a Mad Max, but almost a, like it looked like Rage 2 without the mutants and the, the abilities. I just want to say that like, I feel like there's always like a running theme in gaming, like, you know, zombies, pirates, but now it's post-apocalyptic like mm. environments. So mm. Hmm. like the trailer didn't hook me. Like it just looked like... Far Cry, like a watered-down Rage 2. Um, but eh, it is what it is. Um, obviously, Rage 2 got a bit more bit more love at the show and they've confirmed the release date of May 14th, 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I should say, tailing back um, or looping back to Far Cry, it's coming out February 19th. Uh, so within 12 months of um, the latest Far Cry game. So they're, they're moving and shaking pretty quick there. Hmm. The next one, Ancestors, The Humankind Odyssey uh didn't grab me at all yeah at same all. i think this looked really interesting but um uh, it was nothing it was really boring to watch the trailer mm, yeah so for those that haven't seen it go check it out but the the cleft notes is you start as primate and and do the the evolution to to a full-fledged um bipedal male or female potentially uh and you just see the the monkeys and the cavemen and everything else fighting all kinds of animals and working mm. out how to make instruments like sticks and fire. And it was just, I don't know, there was not enough poo, poo flinging for you, me to get excited. So you don't make sticks, but yeah, sticks. You're uh exist. <laughs> I want to tie this back somehow to defecating in public, but uh, I'll let you go. <laughs> mm. I'll let you go here, Brendan. Can you link it back to John Farnham though? <laughs> I would love to throw a nice uh, handful of feces at John Farnham at one of his next... Um, last time tours. Last time tours, yeah. <laughs> I would love to. What did the moth do to you? He went back on his deal. He went back on his word. He said it'd be the last time ever. Four times ago. Anyway. Or maybe he was teasing you. That does annoy me, though. Nice. I, I nice see what you did there, Ali. <laughs> yeah. That was a segue attempt, but you know... Mm. Yeah. Someone's got to steer the ship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Sorry. Yeah, so moving into the uh the teasing, uh they they uh the one that I actually stuck the landing on in our in our predictions last week, I might say. New Dragon Age was was teased uh short little trailer. Uh, with the the sort of the tagline the dread wolf uh, the dread wolf rises i should say uh, no dates no gameplay footage just a a pretty nifty cgi trailer uh, the dread wolf is actually 
sort of an evil i think he's an elf based character that you met in sort of the first one he's from like dragon age uh mythos and he's sort of coming mm-hmm. obviously to rain hell upon the dragon age universe so i'm keen as beans to try and romance the shit out of that guy uh, when this game comes out in <laughs> in whatever year and then on the back of that um another tease which was pretty cringe too the stranger things 3 the game um 16-bit uh, gameplay weaving in the stories for the upcoming season three of the the netflix phenomenon uh, didn't really hook me at all don't know if there's any interest to you two no zilch mm yeah it i it, it's a funny one though isn't it because a lot of people will get it mm. yeah i don't know it reminds me of the um the crappy uh sort of 2d side scroller that came out with final fantasy 15 king's tale or whatever it was called where it's sort of his dad's journey yeah and it's just like it's just a beat him up as well but it just looked like <laughs> crap yeah, it's just fan service. Play like, bad, yeah. Yeah, people that are all about Stranger Things will, will buy this game, but not for me. Sound like it's not for mm-hmm. you two. No. Um, the really big reveals is the next segment uh, from this article. So the first one, The Outer Worlds, which is a new IP from Obsidian, obviously from Fallout fame, as well as a whole host of other titles. And obviously they are now owned by Microsoft, but they are sneaking this... Uh, title out across all platforms so microsoft weren't able to lock this bad boy down uh, mm. but borderlands meets star wars is sort of the one of the the main things that we're hearing about like it's obviously space <laughs> space adventure tied into that massive rpg universe that obsidian are known for look good mm-hmm. look really good yeah um this one did get a bit of hype someone also pointed out what they put in the trailer saying that they were responsible for the f- fallouts uh, the good fallouts yeah is that what yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah original fallout and then new vegas um yeah. which they were tied to stick uh, they did sort of south park stick of truth and a bucket load of other titles but they know how to make massive massive open world rpgs so oh, this could be really good let's get it dream you got anything to add to the outer worlds ah, not really i think you said it all yeah it looks let's cool talk about the next one mm, yes yeah, the next one the next one's interesting atlas came out of nowhere from studio wildcard uh, who obviously mm. make arc uh, mm-hmm. and atlas apparently supports forty thousand players in a single world this this is the sea of thieves killer um <laughs> it looked like everything sea of thieves well at least i want it to be um and then some uh it looked great being able to have massive sea battles in your ships on the ground have encampments and and sort of fortifications fighting big sea monsters living that pirate life uh it looked brilliant what do you guys think i'm excited because i was heavily into arc and um arc was able to prove that it was first of all able to handle a lot of people not to mention just all the different dinosaurs and you know the different occurrences that happened in that and these massive laid out worlds so um and graphically wise it was always quite impressive so this atlas could be could be really good it could be really fun mm. who knows they might drop the ball um there was a lot of server issues with arc and a lot of people um taking over a lot of servers but i mean this this could be this could be really good um i also love that people are using the term sea of thieves killer yeah so. <laughs> yeah like it, it looked gorgeous mm. yeah it looks absolutely stunning mm. dream you're in on you in on atlas 
I'm not 100% sold just yet, only because the pirate setting isn't really one that um, I gravitate towards sort of naturally. Um, I haven't played Sea of Thieves. Uh, this definitely looks more serious than Sea of Thieves um, mm. in its, I guess, its intent. But I will wait and see. I don't know. I could definitely see myself getting behind a game like this, but I, under- I also know that Ark is a commitment just like any one of these other MMOs. So I'm always a bit, any non-Blizzard MMOs, I'm always a bit skeptical. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see the amount of grind hours attached to maybe get yourself a giant ship with crewmates and decent cannons and things. And a pet kraken. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it looked good. Um, And it's definitely piqued my interest. That was one of the first trailers I saw during the Game Awards where I'm like, oh, hello. Um, I could see myself playing this because uh, I'm all about that uh, that pirate life. Nautical. Mm. So moving into the unexpected, the one that has got the uh, the internet ablaze, Joker from Persona 5 joins the Smash Super Smash Brothers Ultimate lineup as the 76th fighter. 76 fighters. What in the fuck? <laughs> this is awesome. It makes a lot of sense. Um I loved the announcement as well. I thought it was done really, really well. Mm. It um, put a little, like, you know, fire in my heart because uh, I love the Persona series. Like, Persona 5 is great. It has a lot of great characters in it. And um, it was just great hearing their voices again and um, just seeing the announcement and how they did it. And I might actually buy Super Smash Bros. For that one Uh, character. No, not because of the one character. Like... I've been sitting on the fence on whether I was going to buy Super Smash Brothers only because I feel like single player, it probably isn't as fun to me as it would be just playing with friends. So I kind of, I'm sitting on the fence with that. But um, seeing both um, the Joker announcement and then seeing a lot of the uh, gameplay lately has definitely, um, you know, made me mm. draw draw closer to actually buying it. And the Joker announcement was just like that. Another step forward is pretty much what i'm suggesting the trailers they weaved in to the game awards on on smash were fantastic i love that there was i think four in total maybe five with various little scenarios and characters and, and sort of plays off off the games that they're known from um, i thought that was mm. really cool uh mm. yeah i'm i'm a lousy smash player i want to pick it up eventually but like i didn't have the urge on friday to rush out and pick it up and drop what i was doing and dive into smash like a lot of the other gaming world did but Mm. we'll see we'll see what just uh as as a quick sort of question to yourselves who do you think will be the next character included into smash that is a very unexpected addition Mm. see like because it's because persona 5 actually got a character on there i'm just wondering like would it be someone a bit more animated um or would they go like this kind of more like kind of human human kind of character because i remember when snake joined i was a bit like this is a bit off but then all those other characters um from like what soul caliber and stuff mm. started joining all those, all those bloody sword fighting ones they're all the same to me yeah. kratos um it's gonna be kratos you reckon yeah i, I was gonna go Ma- no. i was gonna go master chief master chief hmm you reckon Master Chief's going to get in there? You reckon Mate? Microsoft's going to lend Master Chief over to, to Nintendo I, for Nin- Super Smash? I think Nintendo and Microsoft have a pretty pretty damn good relationship these days. So, um, yeah. Master Chief? Yeah, man. Because he is, he is Xbox and Microsoft, if, if you look at it in that way. So, chuck he's, their finger yeah, he's, in. Okay, all right, cool. Mm. But because Reggie did hint 
um, in in sort of the the discussion about it that this does lend itself to bringing in characters from IPs that you wouldn't even think of. So who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Okay. Okay. Another uh, fighting game announcement. Uh, Ed Boon rolled out to uh, take the piss about racing and sports games, only to sneak in trailer for Mortal Kombat 11, uh, which mm. is also launching April 23rd next year. So not too far in the distance. What did you guys think? Uh. <laughs> well, like it's, I would get hyped to see any Mortal Kombat, but the trailer was a horrible trailer. Like the graphics were great. The fighting sequence was great. The music... Was off. What's wrong? With I think some, the music was all funky right. hip hop. So yeah, I, think the music I was it okay. just felt off. It, I don't know why. I'm like I was so immersed in like the action, but then the music was just kind of like over here. I did, so it was like really taking me away from like what was happening on the screen, kind of thing. I think I don't know. Uh, I just like associate heavy like prog metal. <laughs> sorry, heavy. Nothing. I was just gonna say like it's like that really like dirty metal that usually gets associated with um. <laughs> Bring the Devil May yeah. Cry band back. <laughs> I think it was a good trailer. I think it. Um, I, I think it's a it's a trailer that's aware of Mortal Kombat and its community more than it is, I guess, trying to put some sort of um, operatic theme over a very tense moment battle or whatever. Like it, it just knows it's this super violent video, um, super violent fighting game, and it's put two of its most iconic characters up there to um, stab each other through the chest, the eye, the mouth, the jaw, decapitate, mm. <laughs> rip it half. Um, it was a pretty like blech trailer as well though. I mean, it actually looks like every bit of gameplay footage I've seen for Mortal Kombat 10. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't um, really say much. No, it didn't say fucking anything. But, but hey, Raiden had red different. lightning now. He had red lightning. Who's your new? Red. Yeah, who are your Red. new characters though? Like, who, you know, what? How does the story evolve? All of this stuff that actually, like, fighting games do their best to ham in. Mm. Um, it it did nothing to actually talk to any of that, as far as I can tell. So yeah, it just looked mm. like nothing. Yeah, it was. It nothing was. New. It was strange that they recycled Scorpion through twice. Um, obviously two iterations of Scorpion one one got killed then the other one rolled in and killed Raiden pretty quickly um, and I'm pretty sure it was John Farnham's cousin at the end that sort of bald um, person hanging around that big big <laughs> structure fuck off <laughs> <laughs> oh <my> god <laughs> last time please I'm telling you last time uh. <laughs> Don't come back. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> I just don't know where to go from here. Um, let's let's um uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance three. <laughs> I didn't see this coming. Neither I liked did I. Ul- I. I liked Ultimate Alliance. I also don't care. Oh, what? Get out! <laughs> I don't. I just it looks really boring. I to thought me. it was maybe the greatest single player sort of. ISO RPG I played as a teenager. Mm, I loved it. The first one, I yeah. I think was that on PlayStation or PlayStation Two? The first one, but I played the shit out of it. Whatever, whatever console it landed on. Um, mm. But it looked good. It's a Nintendo Switch exclusive, though. Is the biggest thing that surprised me from this announcement. So it's not coming to Xbox, not coming to PlayStation. Only on mm. the Switch. Um, graphics, the nice enhancements there look good. The the roster looks good bringing in x-men as well as the the standard sort of marvel cast of characters 
some great, great day to to do it with the end game trailer dropping. Great time to to drop it with all of those characters with end game only around the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, this will this will be big, I think, with a lot of kids out there. Yeah, and and if if kids. if this has functionality, well, yeah, ki- kids and adults that are suffering from Arrested Development. Hey, I'll play this game. So fuck you. <laughs> um, I'm right but, here, Brendan. Anyway, you sorry, are. go on. But um, if if you can play this sort of four-player online co-op, it would be even better, I think. Obviously, because I think the at least the first one was limited to just four-player. Like you could do multiplayer couch co-op only, nothing online. But if you mm. could chuck this online with three friends rolling around as Hulk and code, that would be the business. Mm. 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 But Ali's just like, <laughs> fuck this game. As she eye rolls. I heard that eye roll yeah. through the headphones. <laughs> and then one, obviously, I saw you drop in their dream that wasn't attached to this document there. Uh, Hades, which is the new <laughs> super giant game. Thought you'd... Uh, <laughs> I noticed you skipped over that. It upset me a lot. Um, the other thing I want to say is I think this game, um, the trailer they dropped for this game reminded me so much of Transistor. So it's great to see that they're going back to that style of game. Um, Transistor's fantastic. If you want to get a feel for this, Early Access is... It's it's out now on Steam Early Access, but um, if you want to play something that's a bit more fleshed out, I think give Transistor a try and you'll get a really good sense of, I guess, what Supergiant are capable of. Mm. Mm. For sure. Look good. Look good. I, I really like Transistor. I was very late to the party on some of those games, but uh, I, I've enjoyed my time with them and I'll, I'll try and try and give Hades a crack early access now. So jump on over to Steam and pick it up and see what you think. But moving into the next uh, game showcase over the, the over the last three days, hot off the press this morning, as mentioned, the Kind of Funny Showcase occurred about six hours ago now. Uh, and the, the the Kind of Funny Showcase in itself was a mainly indie game showcase from the guys who brought you Kind of Funny Live 1 or 2, as well as their daily streams, podcasts, and everything else from the geek and game culture. And uh, the showcase itself gave us 60-plus minutes of game trailers, announcements, and shenanigans, which was chaired by Tim Geddes and Greg Miller. Mm-hmm. 69 games in total, giggity, nice. were shown this morning within about 70 minutes total runtime. Uh, we won't go through everything maybe rattle off a few that, that took our interest or, or um, worth discussing. Uh, mm-hmm. a, a lot of lot of cameos to start with that led off from people all across the industry. Some pretty big heavy hitters. Um, that was a good intro. Yeah, it was a really good intro uh, from people from all walks of life within the gaming sphere. But yeah, the great thing, it was yeah 60 minutes-ish. So find find the time to, to grab an hour and head on to uh, Kind of Funny Games and, and check the, check the uh, conference out in its entirety. But uh, yeah, Miss Hart, did you take some notes? Could you watch it? Dream, you haven't because you were tied up playing um, Total War till the mm. wee hours. But uh, any anything you wanted to mention or, or some games that have piqued your interest from from the showcase? Um, yeah, Moving Out was one that um, actually mm-hmm. really caught me off guard. And it's one of those kind of, I don't like using the term silly, but just like very simple ideas um, in regards to like what the game concept is, which is essentially moving furniture um i don't know how else you how else you can say like it's obviously complex um environments and everything like that but that looks just just simple fun um also want to shout out guacamole yeah um guacamole too got some uh content to uh 
show off as one of the kind of funny superheroes. Yeah, the <laughs> old uh, shirtless Arachnid Man DLC is coming yes. to Guacamelee 2. I like that they uh, decided to use that terminology too mm-hmm. to uh, not hit any copyrights. Um, <laughs> and to be honest, as soon soon after the uh, sh- uh, showcase finished, I actually went on to my um, game and quickly unlocked the character. And it's super cute because in the game there's pollo power, so chicken power, um, where you turn into a chicken. And um, when you play this character... Um, because Greg Miller has a dog called Patillo, which is a little sausage dog. When you do Poyo Power, you actually turn into Portillo the dog. <laughs> and it's super cute. Although it's kind of sad whenever he dies. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a little little on nose. But no, they look great. I love this franchise. I've, I haven't played anywhere near as much of the Guacamelee um, two games that are out at the moment as, as you. But I've enjoyed it every time I've jumped on and, and rumbled around and, and smacked a lot of enemies up. Yeah, no, it's it's just like it's, for a game that's definitely not my type of game. It has captivated me so much. Mm. Just everything about it, it's a a a plus quality to be honest. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Some more a plus quality. Free Prince Junior getting a bit of bit of on air time. What was uh, that yeah, about? He still looks good. He he announced a a game. Uh, no, it was Toe Jam and Earl. Toe Jam, yeah. Yeah, so so he was the lead in for the new Toe Jam and Earl HD remaster remake reboot re-something um but yeah oh, freddie prince obviously he is he's deep in the gaming sphere these days doing streams mm-hmm. on uh on twitch and on youtube and stuff like that so yeah yeah looking old but looking looking regal he still looks good yeah he looks good still yeah for his age uh yeah moving out was on my list as well the cool thing is that's from um smg studios from sydney here in australia oh, shit, so that was really? that was a good little shout out and good good mention Represent. uh another one that the game didn't interest me, but Adam's Ascending, which was the only... Oh, no, there was another live-action oh, yeah. trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was like this guy crash-landing on, on some planet, spaceman, takes his helmet off, goes wandering around, puts his helmet back on, goes into a cave, has some weird experience in there. Um, and then the sequence yeah. repeats. Yeah. 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 No, I that actually... Yeah, I, forgot, I completely forgot about that. I actually looked into it after the um, showcase and I think he's got like a Patreon... Not Patreon, a Kickstarter set up mm-hmm. so, to, so he can work on this game. One-person team as well, mm. so... Which was good to see. Like, And that was one thing that was pretty pretty clear from the jump of this is you're seeing games from yeah, singular entities like, like with, um, with yeah, Adam's Ascending and then you're getting a couple of big sort of more tentpole franchises mentioned. Like we saw some some um additional info on anthem of all things which took yeah. me by surprise uh, a six minute yeah. sort of developer diary sort of video available to watch as well uh conan unconquered that trailer looked pretty goddamn good yeah i was getting excited for a moment i like because of like how everything was set up i was i thought we were getting like an age of mythology mm. no so. no you're not just a new conan expansion uh, so Celeste and Windjammers getting physical releases via the uh, limited run website. Uh, mm-hmm. Another game I thought looked interesting was The Occupation. Sort of first person, almost espionage-esque game, but it's tied into real-time gameplay. So every second you you use in the game will adjust uh, the, the world around you. So if you're late to things or what you're up to, other characters and NPCs will monitor you differently, react to you differently, things like that. I, I thought that was pretty cool. Slay the Spire. Mm. Uh, was with like a roguelike deck builder, uh, which which looked pretty pretty funky. Away, journey to the unexpected. Did you see that one? 
sort of. I'm trying to remember what that, that was. was. The one uh, tied in with the Fran- a French dev company and a Japanese dev company that's doing the soundtrack oh, and, yeah. and the anime art style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. People are hyping that one actually. I've seen a few people on my Twitter feed hype that one up. Yeah, sumo, simple sort of um, uh, like sort of battle baller with sort of local and, and online functionality. Uh, Rhyme 9000, that trailer, I nearly had a seizure. That thing was insane. Um, five levels of audio and visual fidelity uh, dialed to 10 million. Like, be careful when you watch that trailer. That was something. Yeah. Uh, it's a couple of party games, Turbo Lance and Thunder Rally, uh, which could be couch mm-hmm. co-op or online-based ones that look the business. Ape Out, which comes out February 7th. Which you are playing as a you know, a gorilla and you need to ascend this building, killing everyone and everything in your way. As you do. Mm. And then the last couple, a fold apart, which I thought was pretty cute. That was that was kind of cute. I'd like it looks great, like art direction wise, and like the concept's pretty unique as well. I just don't know how long I could see myself playing that. Yeah, yeah. So you play as one half of, of two star-crossed lovers, I guess you could say, and and you can sort of, the game screen, you can fold it um, into certain pieces like paper to, to sort of get across certain obstacles and events and create sort of bridges mm. and gaps to clear and things like that. So Yeah, the love story is about the whole concept of dealing with a long-distance relationship. Mm. So, um, yeah. Yeah, which was nice. And then sort of they rounded out with two two more heavy hitters. They had Judgment, which I didn't hear the audio a bit because we were sort of talking in pregame before we were recording. Is is it an ex- expansion or an offshoot of the Yakuza franchise? Uh, um, I think I th- I think so. I think there's attachment to Yakuza from what I remember. Yeah. Um. But I yeah like I, that's what I thought. I didn't think it. W- it wouldn't it wouldn't have been because yeah. there was character design from it as well. Exactly, wasn't it? exactly, and it was a, obviously another PS4 exclusive uh, done by Sega and Co. So, so Judgment, and then the last trailer that they wrapped up with was tied into the final season of The Walking Dead, uh, which is now getting I helmed kinda... by Skybound Games. So, this wasn't actually a surprise to me. Mm. This wasn't. So, yeah. So that was the kind of funny showcase. Um, I was impressed. Like it was, it had a lot of polish. Because uh, I, I, in my naivety, thought it was going to be like a live stream and they were going to just be rattling it off live. Like yeah. Jeff Keighley's Game Awards was actually all pre-recorded and edited and cut together and they just ran it from, from start to which finish. Was, which is smart. Which is smart now that I think about it. So, hmm. um, yeah, no, I think they did for being, you know, a group of like seven just out of a small studio in San Fran um, for what they did. Um, they did remarkable, and then I think what they did for indie gaming as well is really awesome mm. and positive too. Because I there's a bunch of games here that who knows if I would have ever known that they existed. So, um, this stream from what I remember had up to like I think they like got up to twenty five thousand people watching from what I paid attention to, but there could have been more. I think it might have been even twenty nine thousand. So, um, yeah, no, it's it's really good what they did. Yeah, nah. Hopefully they do it again. Yeah, I, I think it will probably be the the first of many of, of, of this sort of uh, kind of funny showcase because, yeah, it was it was well well put together. And as you said, it, it shined a lot of light on a lot of devs and studios and everyone else in between that don't really get much much attention. So hopefully it'll yeah. ascend um, a lot of these games that they've, they've sort of shown today. Yeah. But Dream, allocate now or go watch it. You might find a few games that you could fall in love with there too. I just might. I just might. 
All right. So moving into our own internal Hungry Awards for 2018, um, I thought I might quickly just flip the running order of this and maybe we lead off with uh, the Christmas Gift of the Year Award and we'll end with the ga- our Game of the Year. Probably might make more <laughs> sense, I'm assuming. Yeah. So my Gift of the Year, uh, I have said for people that have you know money is no object, PSVR. It is the time to get yourself uh, PlayStation VR. And uh, right now, uh, not including the upcoming Christmas sales that will probably drop, you can get the PSVR Mega Bundle for under 450 bucks to get you the PSVR unit, PlayStation Camera, Doom VFR, Skyrim VR, Wipeout <laughs> Mega Collection, Astrobot Rescue Mission, VR slash AR Game of the Year at the Game Awards, and VR Worlds. <laughs> but make sure you get a copy of Resident Evil 7 while you're at it because it is the perfect game for VR and one of the best games to come out in the last couple of years but if you want to spend a little bit less get yourself a playstation classic mini for about 150 bucks dream (laughs) yeah i put about as much thought into this as i did every other christmas gift i tend to buy people um i just went (laughs) straight for (laughs) i just went straight for what i think is just a, a very uh straightforward and easy gift again maybe a bit more on the pricey side but I think that um, for any Switch owners out there who don't already own it, Pokemon Let's Go, I think it's just such an accessible game. I cannot wait to get it, and it is on my Christmas list. Um, Along with the Switch, if uh, you don't already have one like me, that is going to be my gift to myself. Um, But I just think that the story, the rhetoric around this game at the moment, it's so positive and so... um, so good there's so many people who are actually really happy to be playing pokemon again and it seems like there's a new energy around the game that and the franchise that hasn't existed for a long time i think you know the sort of cookie cutter pokemon games that have just been pumped out over the last five ten years have really dipped it for anyone who's not paying attention to the franchise and isn't a diehard fan so i think that this is uh my christmas gift of the year to me at least Mm. (laughs) have you been naughty or nice dream that is the question Always nice, Brendan. Always nice. You know me. Can confirm. <laughs> I liked your original answer. Um, <laughs> what was that again? You wrote Cole. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's cheap. <laughs> <laughs> and usable. It's functional. Yeah, it's very functional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Miss, Miss Hart? Look, oh, look uh, I... This... I am very serious when it comes to gift giving. So this kind of question, like, it's like, I need to know the person I need to, you know, um, I wrote PC as a joke. So I think I've said it every year now. It's like, get off the consoles, just get yourself a fucking PC, at least buy someone a component so they can start building. Seriously, people build your own PC. It's rewarding. Um, but I'm also going to just jump on the ass end of Sam's present. And if you want to also get that person additional stuff, um, one thing that's out there now is, um, people are designing like either like plastic silicon based, like, um, handles, like grips that you can place on the back of your switch. Because I know, um, I get a lot of fatigue in my hands when holding my switch, um, portable mode. Um, so there's now, there's actually a lot of different people that are making them. So you can, you know, shop around, see what you like. Um, but yeah, essentially they're just like little protective covers that you place on the back of your switch and they've got like, like kind of like the positioning of like any standard controller that sits in the palm. So then, you know, you don't get that kind of like grapple fatigue that you can kind of get when playing your Switch. So look out for that. It seems pretty useful. It's Some of it is kind of pricey, so it might be the perfect thing for a person that might want it for their Switch, but won't fork out those few extra bucks just because it's, you know, a little extra. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, no, 100%. So if we shift to our most anticipated game, almost anticipated based off Dream's answer here for 20, 2019 and beyond. Miss Hart, did you want to lead us off on that one? Yeah, I'll go first. Animal Crossing, give it to me now. Um, seeing all the Animal Crossing content in Super Smash has also made me super keen. Um, also, another reason why I'm probably going to buy Smash is because I've seen Isabel play in it and she's cute as fuck. Um, so, um, yeah, there's a lot of us that are waiting for Animal Crossing. We've gotten a little bit of a teaser of it now. I, I want more. I want more trailers. I want more. I want an announcement. I want a date. I want it in my hands now, please. I want to flirt with animal villagers. Thank you. All right. Um, I, I've sort of gone twofold with this. Uh, in the short term, the Resident Evil 2 remake, uh, and that sort of ties into obviously my, my love slash borderline obsession with this franchise, especially Resident Evil 2. Obviously, getting to play a bucket load of it at PAX in October um, has got me all in. So I cannot wait for the end of January to uh, pick up my copy of Resident Evil 2 and uh, fall in love with that franchise all again. And then in the long term, I have been looking and getting excited for The Last of Us 2. Yeah. Uh, From everything I've seen so far, it looks like it's going to be another home run for Naughty Dog. And um, I, I think that's outside of the, the zombie fatigue and everything else that is running rampant or slowly shuffling rampantly through the, the video game industry. Uh, zombies are everywhere, but yeah, The Last of Us 2 is going to be something special. Um, I can't wait to see what they do with Ellie and everyone else. Uh, so bring that on in 2020. But uh, as I've written here, written here, prove me wrong, Sony. Bring it out in 2019 instead. Please. <laughs> It would be nice. Yeah, it would be nice. That trailer for The Last of Us 2 is still... Yeah, it's it's really something, isn't it? It really mm-hmm. uh, it really tugs on the... Nost- not quite nostalgia strings, but it tugs on something, I think. Um, Does it? Yeah. Does it tug on something? Tugs on something. Bit of... Anyway, I'm not going to even go down that road right now. Um, I, too, would like to see The Last of Us 2, but I think um, the two games for me... Actually, I won't even go to the two. I'll just say the one game to me that I'm really interested to see and that I'm really looking forward to seeing how it, how it does is Anthem. Um, mm. In the Game Awards, it, it showed up again with a, another little um, bit of a trailer. And it just reminded me that BioWare is a great company. Um, this game actually does look fantastic. Um, everything we know about the game at the moment, short of whatever showed it, the kind of funny showcase that I'm still yet to watch, um it just seems really interesting to me and i will really be interested to see whether this game um performs as expected you know which is will it meet all the hype around it since it you know showed up two years ago or Mm. um is it just going to fall flat on its ass Um, hearing um hearing a lot of positive stuff from the testing that's going on at the moment Mm. it's like beta Mm. testing beta testing sorry or alpha testing or something going on and a lot of people are saying that they are enjoying it so yeah I think it's going to be cool. Like just flying around in a little mech suit, you know, through the sky, mm. taking on whoever, whatever the fuck enemies there are. They're like balling around in a team. Probably John Farnham. Yeah. Could be, could be old Farn Dogs. Old Farn Dogs <laughs> himself. He is immortal. <laughs> Sold his soul to the devil in the 80s. Remember that song he For did with, um, with Human Nature? No. Every time, was it every, every time, time you cry? Every time you cry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah, mm. I do. Anyway, I'm 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 still keen as beans for Anthem too. Like I'm I'm a Bioware tragic, so yeah, I I 
you know, they're, they're selling, I'm buying type of thing with pretty well all their franchises. So I can't wait. That comes out in, I think it's the 22nd of Feb. Yeah, it is. So it's not far. Feb 22. Oh, yeah. yeah. Indie Darling of the Year. Mm-hmm. Dream. Did you want to lead us off? Yeah, I do. Because I don't have one. And I want you guys to make a case for yours. So I, <laughs> I, um, I started to realize very quickly that I haven't actually played many decent indie games that were released this year. Um, I certainly haven't played Celeste. I haven't played Ali's Answer either. And I understand that Celeste is a hype beast, but I want to know why you guys think that your games of the year are the game of the year. And you have two different answers here, so this will be good. Did you did you want me to start um, off or do you want to go, Miss Hart? I'll go because I kind of already brought up mine. Um, Guacamole 2. Um Guacamole One was always like I, I I'm always surprised that I liked that game as much as I did. The um the design and everything about it, like all the like Mexican culture and references to gods and that sort of stuff was all very intriguing. But the fact that the game actually captivated me to finish it, um, also on a hard level, hard difficulty as well, is just a miracle. So when I heard that Guacamole Two was coming out, um, I was stoked and playing it, it just it felt like I was back to where I was. Like they didn't change it any anything to make me hate it. They didn't change it, um, not change it enough to make me feel like I was playing the same game and got bored with it. Um, the introduction of new characters, uh, different kind of storyline, but um, the difficulty level like increased, so it wasn't too easy for me. And um, I, I loved it. It was just, it's still you know still fun. I st- and I played it this morning, so mm, so it's okay. fresh in your memory. Fresh in my memory. Mm. Brendan. So, so I, now. yeah, I, I hedged my bets with Celeste as well. Um, I, I didn't play a huge amount of indies as well. So I guess my, my scope wasn't as broad as other people in this field, but I really, really enjoyed the, uh, the experience on the switch. Uh, it's made by a small team. Uh, Matt makes games and, and his other, uh, team members, uh, put together a pretty, pretty heartfelt experience. Obviously, you play as a, as a young girl named Madeline and she is trying to climb the fictional Celeste Mountain. And um, I like that there is a very uh, sort of emotional story attached to it where you are dealing with self-doubt and, and inner demons and, and the good and the bad and and trying to, I, I guess, um, assure yourself that yes, you can and you, you can get through through hardship in life. Like I think the game transcends more than just a standard platform or where you're where you're jumping around levels and, and trying to survive um and and, uh, and turn into a chicken and turn into a chicken yeah touche you got me there um or a, or a sausage dog now <laughs> with the uh the free expansion there but the soundtrack mm-hmm. and, and the score to this game is second to none the replayability in it is great because there's uh cassette tapes hidden within each level uh, which have b-side variations of the levels if you finish all those b-sides then you can get the c-sides which are an even harder uh sort of variant to the levels as well Uh, so there is a lot of replayability and a lot of want to go back if you are a completionist chasing um glory and and that sort of 100 percent of a game but i liked it the art style is great the story that the weaves the characters you meet throughout throughout your um you know climbing of, of the celeste mountain um and, and even just seeing them win a couple of awards at the games awards and, and their very heartfelt acceptance speech i thought was really nice too so it's mm. it's worth it worth a pickup um obviously on all platforms now and physical release coming early in the new year but uh grab it on the switch play the absolute hell out of it it's it's magical 
I mean, it's hard to compete with an indie game that actually got nominated for Game but, of the Year. You know, so, <laughs> just you know what though, Ali, the way you spoke about Guacamole too, there was a lot of conviction there, and yeah. and I believe you. You know, it's genuine love. It's an honest, genuine love yeah. in this game. But you know what I like about Brendan's uh, Celeste a bit more is that Brendan threw a bit of shade on you. You fought yeah, a bit that dirty there. About like, mm. Yeah, that's a bit of a winning combo for you, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. All right. Dirty tactics, I'm all for it. Brendan, Celeste it is. Game of the yes. year. Yes. Indie game of the year. All right. So the last award in the Hungries, the game of the year. Dream. Do you yep. want to lead us off? Because you're throwing me in all kinds of curves here with your <laughs> written written short response there. Uh, Spider-Man or Assassin's Creed Odyssey or Red Dead Redemption 2. That threw you off, did it? Mm. Um, so those are the three that I've played out of the, I guess, the Game Awards nominee, nominees. Um, I didn't play God of War. And uh, that's definitely my um, pile of shame at the moment of um, games that I need to finish or, or start even. Um, so just looking at the three that I have played this, this year, Spider-Man, not really. Um, I think Spider-Man was a great Spider-Man game, but, um, it, it's just, it it does feel very generic to a point. It did feel like, um, it did feel like Batman, uh, you know, Arkham Asylum to me to a certain degree. It also felt like Spider-Man 2 from PlayStation 2, believe it or not. Um, that sounds dumb, but I guess what I mean by that is that, you're still doing just about the same things that you were in that game. There's a story, there's crazy little crimes happening and you're just web, web slinging through the place. Still a great game, but just not game of the year. Um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I didn't play enough of, but I think that this was a really interesting game because um, the setting was just beautiful. Oh, yeah. um, it's kind of got a bit of a black flag vibe to it as well because of the ship battles that you have in there as well. Um, it's kind of cool going through this sort of Spartan myth mythos um where you're the son of um this is sparta whatever his name is leonidas or the daughter yeah cassandra's a badass yeah um i yeah i had a lot of fun playing that i think i'd like to play a little bit more of it though to have a bit more of an informed opinion um but red dead redemption 2 was uh like a very unique gaming experience I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's the one I'll pick for game of the year. <laughs> surprise, <laughs> surprise. Oh, that's the long-winded <laughs> round well, it needs about to be. It needs to be. You need to sort of justify this. And I think that it really surprised me just the pacing of this game. Um, the very specific decisions, um, the design decisions that they made in this game, like the fact that it forces you to really take the time to do things as simple and mundane as skinning and, and your inventory management. Um, all of it lends itself to the world that you're actually in, which is the, you know, the frontier. So I know we're going to talk more about it in a sec when you start talking, Brendan, but I, I really think that Red Dead Redemption as a game is one of the most unique gaming experiences I've ever had. And mm-hmm. for that reason, it definitely deserves game of the year. Um, although Asterisk would love to play God of War and, um, and compare. <laughs> yeah, um... I, I, I was tossing and turning on this and I almost had it as a tie for a little while, but ties in awards is a joke. So, um, yeah, I, I want to give an honorable mention to God of War uh, because it was one of the uh, best experiences I've had playing a game in a long, long, long time. Uh, it was It was like playing a AAA film. Like, it was so cinematic. Just the way... 
the camera cuts went from a cutscene back to real world environment without any transition without any loading screen like you'd often find yourself thinking you were still in the cutscene then you move the, the the stick and kratos is moving again like it was mm. a testament to sony santa monica uh cory barlog who who sort of headed this up did an oh. exceptional exceptional job putting that game together the combat was tight the story was great obviously larger than life characters massive uh, boss battles uh, it was it was fantastic i can't wait to see the subsequent sequels that come out of this no doubt uh, but yeah i'm with you dream red dead redemption 2 was my game of the year for, for pretty well identical reasons that you mentioned the the cast of characters that you deal with through your entire journey um as, as arthur morgan is fantastic like like you've got a very ragtag group of misfits that you're rolling around doing all kinds of good and bad things with uh, charles was one of my favorite characters uh, obviously the the sort of half indian half uh, african-american type of guy or maybe he's fooling it's hard to gauge um but he's voiced by the uh guy uh from the american gods um television show that's doing the rounds now oh. um, i i really liked that i liked the character arc with with um arthur that you go on and i even sort of liked the the character arc for for dutch for different reasons because you end up yeah. you hate hate his fucking guts by the end of it and right. and obviously that's their intention but like <laughs> just just the people you meet along the way for just random nothings like you're just riding along a trail and there's some random npc there and you can sit and have like like listen to a fleshed out discussion with them over nothing and there's mm. no repetition like you seem to meet new people in every pocket of this of this uh frontier america um the combat's yeah. tight graphics is fantastic just the amount of areas and ways you can get lost in that game yeah um, like you know mm. ali you, you'll probably you're the best sort of testament to that where you've been, you haven't even touched the main storyline but you were just <laughs> deep in the game doing everything else yep. but yeah yeah that's true mm. but i i love the story um finished finished the main story and then the uh the epilogue that's attached to that as well uh it's it's so good it's it's one of the best games we've ever played and, and rockstar knocked it out of the park again and now having me come back with the uh with the uh online aspects keep mm-hmm. keeping those western hooks dug in um, I'm, I'm loving rolling around as john wayne equivalent being good and bad depending on the on the requirements so yeah <laughs> red dead redemption 2 is my 2018 game of the year <sighs> okay disclaimer if we're talking on an aspect for everyone, what game of the year is, 100% I'm with you all. Red Dead Redemption 2 for everyone is definitely game of the year. Style-wise, it's great. Music-wise, it's great. Story from what, I t- what I've heard <laughs> is great and what I've witnessed is great. Um, but in saying that, um, story amongst uh, like, you know, and like the random little NPCs like you mentioned, um, I also appreciate how Rockstar got a lot of... Um, you know, bits of history of that time and times in there without really smacking it in your face. There's a lot of stuff that if you just pay attention, you know, a lot happening along the sides, you can get a, a small glimpse of how bad, um, how bad like certain like groups were treated back then. And, you know, some people are playing it and they don't really realize what they're, you know, what they're confronted with and how much it was a part of a history. So um, I do appreciate that as well. So Red Dead 2, yeah. It 
and then the online element, yeah, as you said, is it's great so far and it's only going to get better, we hope. So Red Dead 2 is definitely game of the year for me in that aspect. But in regards to my personal choice, everyone get your eyes ready to roll because I'm <laughs> going to say Destiny 2 Forsaken um, only because we're, still, we're talking about game of the year and Red Dead came out on the arse end of the year. So it feels really weird for me to reward a game that I've only played for a couple of weeks. Um, when Destiny 2, I've been playing continually almost like every day, every week um, with Forsaken Element. Um, Bungie pulled up their socks, reevaluated what they had to do, and then brought back um, great content that everyone wanted. Um, I special mention was Gambit. Um, I play Gambit every damn day. I love that. Ga- I love and hate Gambit. Um, so I just feel like that Bungie should get some props into. Um, Bringing out this content, it came out of, at a uh, full game price, so I think I'm justified by classifying it as a game. Um, and I just believe that since I've played it the most this year, and I keep on coming back to it this year, and um, it's also uh, I've developed a lot of friendships and joined a lot of communities in this. That for me, it's particularly cool and special. So for me, it's my game of the year. Cool. I think that's justified. I I think the way you sold it and described your experience with it then and hmm. what it's done for you i i think that's yeah it's more than justified and deserving of, of your own at least individual game of the year um yeah award yeah definitely like because I, I know a lot of people Jono, i'm looking at you um are gonna roll their eyes at that answer but yeah it's it's that's the great thing about gaming it's all personable it's all our own experience it's all subjective so. yeah mm-hmm. yep. yeah yeah and and it definitely is sort of that just like in original destiny the it's risen from the ashes again you know after a bit of a sort of slippery and um staggered questionable launch uh, it's finding mm-hmm. its feet again in that sort of second year with all the expansions and evolutions of the game so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah do you think they do it on purpose do you think they sort of no. come out and keep that bar low and then just come out and go boom look at us now no. Why wouldn't no? Why wouldn't you want to be the best game from the start? Not like the problem is, is that everyone associates Destiny with being the shit game that <laughs> has the shit people that don't listen to their fans, and their fans are salty. And like, it's it's not a very appealing community, really. Like when you see the face value, it like now. It, well. <laughs> It's not like if you witness like half the crap that you see online when it comes to destiny, it's a lot of salty people, a lot of angry people, a lot of self-deserving people. And some, some of it's, you know, justified in its sense, but it's a lot of negativity. So I'm lucky that like, I get to see, I get to see and be a part of the good side of it. Game of the year, 2018. (laughs) Ali's game of the year, 2018. Fuck you, Sam. Uh, It's fine. I've not said a single thing about this game. I feel like you've said everything that needs to be said. The good and the yeah. bad. Yeah. I don't wear rose-tinted glasses. <laughs> mm. I, I will say, though, like, it was it's a, it was a great experience playing Forsaken this year. Like, it's... Yeah, they're, they're, they're rounding into form again, as, as I said before. Like, and if they keep building off that platform now, it'll be a great game for future years. Uh, but season passes, now battle passes. What's next? Come on. Come on, Bungie. It's not as if you're hard up for cash. Come on now. Give us some free content. <laughs> yeah. Mm, so that was our 2018 Hungry Awards. It has been a very, very, very long award-related episode 132 of the Hungry Gamers. 
Uh, is there anything either of yourselves want to say, bring to the table before we wrap this episode up for another week? I look forward to Festivus next week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The airing of grievances. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we need to we need to weave in some feats of strength somehow. We've got a week to refine this, so let's let's see what we can come up with in that regard. Okay. Oh god. Mm. But yeah, festivus. Like physical strength? Uh, it could be mental strength. Strength is oh, interpretive. Wrestle with your father, George. Yeah. <laughs> so Um Yeah, I'm really excited for next week as well. It's always fun to uh hear what I've been uh, what I've been doing wrong. I feel like I've improved this year on my tidiness. I know I was a little bit late today, but other than that, I think I've been pretty good lately. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but, you, you've been pretty good. Bonus points for Sam. Yeah, thanks, we'll guys. See. We'll see. But yeah. <laughs> thanks for doing what you were meant to do, Sam. <laughs> points for all you, I, buddy. All I had to do all year was get out of bed. Mm. It's great. Yeah, and you could do that. I still was late. <laughs> Sorry. Jeez. Anyway. Britannia, you know, you can't argue with the uh, the Vikings. No, no. Or it's you'll true. get the big yeah. don't argue from us. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that has been episode 132 of the Hungry Games podcast. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe on the iTunes slash Apple podcast, Spotify, and every other podcast platform of your choosing. Uh, while you're there, search the hashtag Apic Collective and show some love to nine other fantastic podcasts within said 8-Bit Collective and also 8-Bit.net for the entirety of our portfolio. Podcasts, videos, everything else in between. Check it out. Bucket load of video content up there still. Um, a lot of cool stuff from PAX as I've hopped on the last few weeks. But check it out. There is a lot of love and attention being given to upcoming titles for 2019 and beyond. So uh, that is all from The Hunger Gamers here for episode 132. Find me at Brendan 8-Bit. Find Miss Ellie Hart at Miss Ellie Hart. And find Salim Abraham at Salim TD and all of us as a collective at We Are 8 Bit. Until next week for the last episode of The Hungry Gamers for 2018. Much love. Stay hungry. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture related podcasts from the 8 Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry.